This is Mouth Media Network, the business of being heard. The following program is mildly humorous, slightly entertaining, and may result in temporary blindness, vertigo, and excessive back hair. Listener discretion is advised. And by the way, this is Funny People Talking. Hello, everyone. This is Tootsie Warhol. I'm an artist and an activist, and I'd rather be swimming with the alligators at Mar-a-Lago than listening to funny people talking. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the show. I'm one of your hosts, Mark Rakel. We are so happy you're here on Funny People Talking, and uh, with me, of course, is our good friend and our illustrious producer. It's Elsie herself. Hey, Elsie, how are you? I'm all right. <laughs> how was how was your Christmas, by the way? You celebrate Christmas, right? Are you are you uh, yeah. are you Christmas? Um, I celebrate. You celebrate everything. everything. Holidays are good. You're yeah. a celebrator. If I could have a holiday, I'd do it. Okay. Did you do anything interesting? So, no, I just celebrated me and. None of your business. Took uh, some R and R. That's our cat, by say. the way, uh, to our guest here. We'll introduce in a second. Uh, some R and R, huh? So, all right. Well, thanks for the content there, yeah. Elsie. And my neighbors were thankfully quiet, so it was oh, good. Well, that's good. Ours weren't. Sometimes they have a habit of being ridiculously oh. loud, so it was nice. It was like wow. Yeah, not on this side. Glad for you. Anyway, uh, thank you, Elsie. Uh, everybody, Dresden is uh, not with us today. She's attending to some uh, family business. Uh, we miss you, Dres. Hopefully, we'll uh, see you again soon. Also with us today, I-, I think Dresden's missing out because I think it's a fun guest. His name is, get this, Tootsie Warhol. Well, first of all, Tootsie, welcome to the show. But is it Tootsie or Tootsie? I think it's- that's the age-old debate. As long as you say it, I don't care how you pronounce it. You can you can have your Tootsie Roll any way you want it. <laughs> okay, so, so I think he's established it's Tootsie, Elsie, I think, yes. based on that for from his standpoint. Because I've heard it say, like, toot, toot, Tootsie, goodbye. But I've also heard, toot, toot, Tootsie, goodbye. really depends, I think. It it's like almond versus almond. It's true. They, call, they say almond in my part of the world, but I say almond. Do you say Tootsie or Tootsie there, Elsie? Tootsie. Tootsie. Okay. We're all... Apricot versus apricot. That's right. That's right. I... Pecan versus pecan. Yes. Excellent. Good examples. Okay. I'm thinking They're all about correct. food. Sorry. <laughs> They're all correct. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Everyone gets a trophy. Well, anyway, uh, Tootsie Warhol is a lawyer turned artist and activist who launched a satirical presidential campaign against Donald Trump online and in person actually met Donald Trump and he performed every day for six weeks in Times Square in in New York City leading up to the election. Uh, He's been on a lot of podcasts talking about his satirical Donald Trump character. I'm so happy we get to hear the other part of his alter ego from Tootsie himself to talk about why he's done all this, what it's meant to him, what impact he thinks he made, and how humor has been a part of uh, Tootsie 2.0, shall we say. So uh, anyway, Tootsie, welcome to the show. Really happy to have you here. Thank you for having me. It's great to spend the holidays with Mark and Elsie, the great Mark and Elsie. There's not going to be a lonely Tootsie this holiday. I'm on Funny people talking, where this is where you want to hear funny people. There's no other place to be. 
Oh, there's a commercial right there, Elsie. Cut oh, that one out. Oh, put it right yeah. out. There you go. He knows what he's doing. Anyway, uh, thanks for joining us, Tootsie. Uh, coming up, we've got, of course, our salute to Tina Fey, uh, a surprise uh, to all of us, really, a segment with Elsie. We'll see what it is when we get there. And uh, and also, uh, uh, I, I just want to talk uh, Christmas real quick and about our no- noisy neighbor. And, uh, and then... It's going to be a great improv game. We're going to adapt one of our favorites for uh, with Tootsie in mind and, and his political, uh, I don't know if ambitions is the right word, but uh, his brief political history, at least so far. And uh, then we're going to talk to Tootsie about uh, everything I just talked about, only in more depth. Uh, that's all coming up. It's going to be a great show. But first, but first, Elsie, Christmas has been over for four days now, and yet... I still see many, I I can't help but think that may be mistletoe woven into your hair. And the reason that this strikes me so much is you do not strike me as someone who would be normally walking around with mistletoe looking for a mistletoe target, shall we say. No, you're right. So why do you have, I assume that's mistletoe, maybe it isn't, that tied, tied into your hair. In a very unElsie way. Yeah, what happened was um, none of your business got out, and um, none of your business, I of course, Elsie's cat. My cat. Yeah, and I didn't want him to, and he climbed through our recycling and uh, compost <laughs> area, and I and a lot of trees and people's mistletoe and wreaths just were just caught, and I was reaching in trying to get them, and it's all stuck in my hand. <laughs> so it's. So it's not what you think. I didn't decorate myself. Oh. I just I was dealing with that and uh and I had to make the show, so I didn't have a chance to take all this stuff out of my hair. And I guess I missed something. Well, thank you for being on time. I'm I'm sorry to point point that out. I guess that would be accidental yeah. mistletoe. But that's what you do a lot when you have a cat is you chase them into small places that are you know, get stuck in your hair. That's right. What other what things you have do? you had stuck in your hair in the past because of this? Usually it's like spiderwebs, leaves. He he likes to cr- you know he likes to go into places that he knows are inconvenient. But I still <laughs> that's, go that's, for it. And I I don't know. Maybe it's that's it true motherly love. Elsie will go looking for that cat wherever she is, wherever it goes. Yeah. Now, uh, none of your business uh, is is a saxophonist in a an all animal jazz band. Elsie, uh, have you uh, ha- ever had to chase down none of your business uh, trying to find him at one uh, of his no. gigs? He goes out at night. I don't. I don't. I don't do that. But you know, it's like uh, by day and by night. You know, Batman or oh, Jekyll right. and Hyde or something. I don't know. Like by day, he's my cat. By night, I, he does what he wants. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, anyway, uh, one last thought about the mistletoe. Uh, I know it hasn't been very long since you crawled into that garbage or whatever, trash heap or whatever. Did you get intercepted by anyone looking to act on the mistletoe on your way to to, to record? No. <laughs> no? Okay. No. Uh, all right. Fair enough. No. I, I think I'm the only sucker that chases a cat into the discarded trees and stuff. Gotcha. Know. So perhaps there were so, other things on you that counteracted the attraction of the mistletoe. If I was aiming to be friends with a raccoon, maybe I could have gone for that. Okay. All right. Why don't you tell me to start the show and we'll get it get it on the roll. Yeah, Mark, start the show. Okay. From the Mouth Media Network Studios in New York City, this is Funny People Talking with Mark Rako. Dresden Engel. 
and Elsie. Everybody, we're here at Funny People Talking. We're here with Tootsie Warhol, lawyer-turned-artist and activist. We'll find out much more about him coming up. But first, a quick piece. You know it. It's housekeeping. It's our salute, our appeal to Tina Fey, the great, powerful, uh, comedic genius Tina Fey, who we pray to the comedy gods every show, Tootsie. We ask that they deliver, or maybe they won't deliver Tina Fey a uh, unto us, but they certainly may pass along the word at least. They'll send her a telegram. To, exactly. Because uh, I believe that the comedy gods still do use the telegram technology since they've been around so long. To them, it's it's new, fangled technology, I imagine. In any event, uh, we appeal to the comedy gods with a quick prayer. Don't feel obligated, Tootsie, but you're certainly welcome to join in. Elsie and I will... Elsie, oh, no, what, I'm aware. You... I've listened oh, to ahead, your Tussie, episodes, and I know she's going to be coming on soon, and it's going to work because John Oliver, he's been he's been making the appeals to Adam Driver for years, and then he, he finally had Adam Driver, so she's your Adam Driver. Absolutely, and since we are the equivalent of John Oliver like, in the entertainment like world. John, I can yeah. see how that would happen. So, good. Yeah. I appreciate the the positive uh, positive vibe. See, Tootsie's on our wavelength, Elsie. He's sending yeah. it out, the positive vibe. Put it in the universe and it'll happen. So, why don't you lead us off, Elsie, in prayer, if you would. So, Tina Fey, we've been doing this for I don't know how long. All right, Tina Fey. Just, uh, to, Please uh, come our way, Tina know, Fey. We love you. Uh, Join us Zoom. on the show. Anything uh, we'll do, uh, we're not greedy. Uh, you know, we would love to put an us. end to this. In fact, if you want, we'll keep of, praying you after you come on the show, Amen. if that's what you want. Amen. Thank you. Thanks. All right, Elsie, you said that you, you had a peaceful Christmas. Your neighbors were not bothering you that much. Well, I've got some cool neighbors, and I've got the neighbors upstairs. They're like they're loud. So you have the good neighbors and the bad neighbors. I mean, I guess bad is subjective, but the ones that are noisy. Okay, so our neighbors I mean, bad as far as like keeping it down. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of stuff do they do? Because our neighbors seem to play video games or something all the time. Some sort of driving. So you have explosions happening all the time. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy. I mean, sometimes we actually see things shake in the apartment. It's so bad. Um, yeah. Tootsie, do you live in a house or an apartment at this point? I'm in an apartment in Queens. Now, uh, Queens, New York. Do you have to deal with uh, loud or inconvenient or, or perhaps inconsiderate neighbors? Thankfully not. No, not really. Been pretty lucky. You, you know how cars, I'm glad to hear that, by the way. You know cars sometimes outside, you hear like, when they drive by because they feel they love their music so much and they feel that they want to share the gloriousness of their entertainment, you know, just the, the, the greatness of the artistry they've discovered along the way. How lucky for them. Why should they keep it to themselves? Yeah. Please, let's share it with the world. And thankfully, they have very powerful bass-enhanced speakers that enable yeah. them to share with all of us. Okay, that's my neighbors. And then when they drive by, they that's set up car alarms, right? Yeah. My neighbors do it, except they're not in a car. They're in their apartment. Uh. And they're playing They're playing video games or watching some sort of sci-fi movie. And usually, we can, we can tell what they're watching. I think the other day, it was It's a Wonderful Life. And then another time, it was Star Trek, The Wrath of Khan. I, you know, I can hear exactly you what they're, the dialogue. you know, at least it was that. I mean, you know, if they're just watching like some horrible, you know, 
10 things I hate about you over and over again at the loudest possible volume, I don't know if I could necessarily stand that. But. Well, why don't you play some holiday music and you could drown out their, you know, 10 things I hate about you? You know, it's funny you say that because I actually have an idea for a real product. And if I really had the energy and was willing to invest in this, it's possible there's a market for this. I have an idea for a product that basically is a, is a stick, like a broomstick, that you put up to the ceiling. And then you know how like with a, some of those mops, there's like a handle on it and that squeezes the mop so that it rings it out. So similarly, there's like a handle that you pull and it, it thumps the ceiling against a cushion that you go, you, you kind of go with the handle, shoom, 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 and then it makes the, the thing hit the cushion on the ceiling. So it goes thump, thump, thump on the ceiling without actually hurting your ceiling because it sort of spreads it out over maybe a foot or two's uh, width. So it kind of spreads out the, the impact on the ceiling. And I think that this could be like, you know, neighbor uh, revenge. This is a tremendous idea, but I think Cosmo Kramer had this idea on a Seinfeld episode in 1996. Did he? Great. Did he? Okay. Maybe. Something similar. <laughs> well, my second idea, a version of this, is to have a small speaker that's very powerful and very bassy that basically can screw onto the end of a stick, like a selfie stick sort of, and you put it up and you kind of make it go up to your ceiling and then with a Bluetooth, you put the volume on and it vibrates the floor with great force so that they can experience the wonderment of entertainment as well. You might want to... It sounds like you're having a lot of difficulty with your neighbors. You know, it's a great time. I don't know if you're if you're a renter, it's, it's pretty easy to move. You could get a great deal in New York City right now. It's a tough market. It's funny. That's what my landlord keeps telling us. Yeah, so. <laughs> it's like, if you don't like it, then move. Yeah. I also have another idea involves a chainsaw, but that's for another time. Oh, no. So anyway, uh, I'm just kidding. So I'm glad your neighbors are are good, uh, Tootsie. Yes. Um, so, Elsie, uh, did you get any uh, Christmas presents? Got some stuff. Yeah, some people sent me. Some yeah, what did you get that was a good gift? I got some towels. <laughs> that, that is not an exciting gift to me. You did. Did you say exciting? I thought you said good. Okay, good. Did you get any exciting gifts? I mean, who can't use towels? True. So true. Got some new towels. Yeah. Okay. What about anything else? Did you Did you get any exciting gifts? Exciting things were food. Some some cool food. Yeah. What did so, you get that was good food? I might use them for some end of show food when we do that. So. Oh, okay. So it's a big secret. It. Yeah, they're not things that are going to expire. So. So Tootsie, are you are you a Christmas celebrator, Hanukkah celebrator, Kwanzaa, Festivus? You know, What's your... I celebrate a little of everything. Yeah, you're a worldly man. See, that's how you yeah. do it, right? That's right. That's how you do it. Did you do any gift exchange this year? Oh no, no gift exchange. One uh, artist gave me. Uh, her name is Valerie Estabrook. She's a great artist, and uh -huh. I actually just received it in the mail today, and I haven't even had time to open it. But she makes collectible coins about Donald Trump. And, uh, and his administration and his family, and she sent me some, uh, and I look forward to opening them later. They should be great Trump what? collectible coins. She loves bacon, she's cantankerous, and her cat's in a jazz band. She's the producer, it's Elsie. Let's do a round. Uh, I know we did it recently, but I loved it so much. Do you mind if we try another round of headline poetry? We could try. All right. So, uh, Tootsie, just to give you an idea, this is where we have 
real headlines that I pull up from right on the internet, just off the, you know, immediately without any, I don't even know what I'm going to read. They're real headlines from the news today. I'm literally typing it right now. And uh, Elsie creates a poem on the spot inspired by this headline. Great. So here is... The first headline, a real headline. Okay. German pilot makes point with syringe in the sky. German pilot makes point with syringe in the sky. This is headline poetry with Elsie. German poet in the sky, my oh my, how high you fly. I see you flying, creating above. What's that you're writing? Is it a symbol of love? No, I see it is a syringe. I'm not sure if that makes me feel good or cringe. Nicely done, Elsie. Very good. On the spot. Way to go. Sweet rhymes. Very good. Okay. Headline number two, I, I, I truly marvel, Tootsie, in Elsie's ability to... It's, it's to, an imp- yeah, uh, she's doesn't, spitting doesn't mean beats. Yeah, this good. is amazing. It just means I can do it. Here's another one. Saved from the garbage. I swear this is a real headline. I, I realized we had a story earlier in the show. I could not have first seen this. I literally just saw this. Saved from the garbage, Russian cat lands on its feet... In minister's chair, saved from the garbage, Russian cat lands on its feet in minister's chair. Elsie, headline poetry. On Funny People Talking, we talked about trash. We end up doing lots of stuff. It's kind of a big mishmash. On headlines today, we saw a Russian minister and a cat We read further, and we found out that the trash was a lot better than the garbage Elsie saw. The cat did not get the minister or Elsie with its claw. I think that the minister had better fare, as he did not end up with any mistletoe in his hair. Wow. (laughs) Very good. Nicely done. Well done. Well done. Well played. All right. A final headline. She really could do this, Tootsie. That's pretty good. All right. I'm a something. I don't know. Lastly. <laughs> all, right, all right, Elsie, I'm going to give you a choice. Elephant or gondola? Which one do I go with? Those are my choices. Those are your choices. Elephant or gondola? I'm stuck between two headlines. El- elephant, I guess. Okay. I Thai, as in from Thailand. T-H-I. Thai. T-H-A-I. Yes. Thai baby elephant hit by motorcycle. Survives. That's terrible. I know. Survives. So that's the good part. Survives after receiving CPR. A Thai baby elephant hit by a motorcycle. Survives after receiving CPR. I don't make them up. This is a real headline. Headline poetry with Elsie. Thai baby elephant. Why were you in the street? Thai baby elephant. Unfortunately, you did meet with the tires of a motorcycle that could not have felt good. Thai baby elephant, 
that would even probably happen in my hood. But Thai baby elephant, I was so relieved to find out that you are okay and you are not in need. Because there was a good Samaritan who performed CPR and Thai baby elephant. I love you from afar. Oh, wow. see, very nicely done. Beautiful. That's not easy. No one's ever worked the phrase Thai baby elephant into a poem that many times before, if ever. Probably. Yeah. Well done, Elsie. It's a good stall tactic. If you keep saying it, you don't have to really think exactly. about it while you're trying to think of something. Exactly. Nicely done, Elsie. I, I really marveled at that, Tootsie. That was pretty good. Beautiful. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, it's going to be our improv game. And then uh, all about Tootsie right after this. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Funny People Talking and Elsie at Elsie the Producer. And please, for the love of all that is holy, subscribe to the show and leave us a damn review and a really, really good rating on iTunes. Pretty please? Thank you. people talking we're here with tootsie warhol that's a I, hey tootsie forgive the question i know you've been asked it before i'm really really sorry but have you ever researched if you're related to andy warhol is that a thing you've ever looked into well oh, I, I i am related to andy warhol spiritually and artistically but i <laughs> but I, I i a lot of people say i'm the son that andy warhol never had you know he had no children but uh i have no blood relationship to andy warhol that's a beautiful answer. Said much like a politician, mm-hmm. actually, or or perhaps a lawyer. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. It could be really either, yeah. actually. Nicely done. All right. It's time for our improv game. Elsie, one of our favorite games on this show, you know, is What If. Oh, yeah. But I thought it'd be great to play What If, the political version. So, Tootsie, What If is really uh, an opportunity to pitch a movie or a TV show or an ad campaign or something like that, or even a book. And you know how if you pitch an idea to someone, sometimes they'll accept your idea, but they always have an input. And then their input maybe isn't what you would have been driving at, but it makes it palatable for them. So they pitch it back to you with their changes in. And then maybe it comes back to you and you say, well, I still have to, now that you made that change, I think other changes are necessary. And then once you're all done, maybe you get to something you agree on, but it doesn't look anything like what yeah, you started with. Yeah, this is why with. I stopped being a lawyer. That's what you're describing. It's called the do- document drafting. There you go. Well, this is basically our version of document drafting, which is called What If? And the premise really is that you you say, okay, love that. I see where you're going with that. But what if uh-huh. we did this? All right. And that's basically the format. So what I was thinking we could do is – essentially a political platform or positioning that might make a candidate palatable to the degree where the campaign manager and the candidate themselves can come to terms on what the positioning of that campaign messaging is going to be. 
and you never know what could end up that would work for both parties because they're not always in alignment exactly where their starting place is is not the same but where they end up with hopefully is so uh elsie and i can demonstrate and then uh maybe we can do it uh, together as well fair enough go for it all right so tootsie what we'd love from you is a dilemma any dilemma it could be as little as i can't find my bowling ball to i got caught with the neighbor's wife you know or or um you know i i was uh caught with a suitcase full of heroin and i got by the tsa it could be a wide range of possibilities what's a dilemma Well, we're we're coming up on New Year's Eve, so that I think it would be a pretty bad dilemma if you had no champagne. Okay, got it. Thank you, you very much. Ran out of champagne. Yeah. Awesome. Great. All right, Elsie. Uh, I'll start off if, if that's okay. All right, Elsie. Um, I am so glad you've decided to join me. Your 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 political prowess as a campaign manager is unrivaled. I'm getting ready to uh, run for um, county school board. I have always aimed to to go for as high an office as I can. This is about as high as I think I can aim. What I'm thinking is I want to position myself as a man of the people. I bowl with them. I drink with them. I party with them. Basically, I'm a man of the people, except the one thing I don't do is I, I'm not part of the 1%. I don't drink champagne uh, because, frankly, I can't get a hold of any. So I figure a great way to handle that is just to say I don't drink it. So I'm part of the 99%, not the 1%. So uh, that's my premise, and I'm wondering if you want to come on board and run this with me. Well, is this is this champagne like a is this a thing that's going to be a ongoing thing, or is this for a specific occasion? Well, you're the expert, but I, you know, I I'm just I need to know where you're going so I could give you my expertise. Okay, well, we're coming up on New Year's, as my uh, my friend Tootsie uh, reminded me, and you know, we're uh, okay. I mean, I think it's going to be on people's minds. Okay. So, um, and it's the school board, which means y'all, yeah, you're, you're parent friendly yeah. and you're kid friendly. Yeah. So I think that the whole champagne thing becomes rather moot. So what if you, uh, do, uh, a punch that's carbonated <laughs> and, um, you have a, someone serving it because it, you know, if this is a socially distanced function, I'm assuming, correct. Something that's going to be safe. Um, and you can, you don't want different people touching the ladle and all that stuff or touching bottles or whatever you're going to do. So you, yeah, you're going to have your, yourself a uh, caterer or some kind of server who's going to serve this punch and they can choose whether they want this uh, carbonated punch to uh, have a little kick to it or not. And that way you're going to appeal to the, to the masses for real instead of excluding people who might not want alcohol. And then the champagne issue is moot. So what if you do that? I actually love this idea, and I wonder if we could take it a, a step further. What if, uh, as a giveaway, we actually gave away disposable punch ladles to everybody, and printed on them uh, were uh, was the phrase um, "Rako for School Board Punch the Opposition," and then people can just like dip them into the the punch bowl, 
and and then uh, when they're done, they can throw it at someone and kind of send their message yeah. that way. Yeah, that's like bullying and, and violence. So I'm thinking school board, that's not going to fly again. But it's reality. So, it, punch, it shows that I'm connected. Instead of punch, uh, punch a ticket. Punch, punch the, the ticket. ticket. Vote for me. Put, put me on your you know ballot like that. Make it a positive. Don't make it violent. You're not going to get anything from that. So the ladle thing, min- did you say miniature ladles? I wasn't really specific. That's probably like more cost effective. That's just going to be a sip for, or, or is it just decorative? Like make your make your magnet, punch the ticket, and make it a magnet that they could stick on their fridge, kind of like a reminder to vote kind of thing. So what if you do that? Stick with the punch, sparkling, non or with kick, and then you, we could still use your ladle idea, change the language, ma- making a fridge magnet. And uh, there you go. All right. So what if we? I got one more counter for you. I love where you're going with this. What if what we actually did is instead of concentrating on the wide berth of voters, we found certain influential people in the community, right, Elsie? And we gave them actual instead of refrigerator magnets, we actually gave them refrigerators. And the door of the refrigerator is covered in magnetic material, so it's actually one giant refrigerator magnet. And they can't avoid it every day. They're going to see this sign and printed on it is punch the ticket, vote Rico. So in the middle of probably 10 or 15 influential kitchens in our county will be the uh, the, the giant refrig- magnetic refrigerator with this message, message on it. And they're going to sway all the other voters. I, everyone needs food. Everyone needs milk. and uh, So ha- have some punch and get a fridge? Yeah, something like that. What do you think? Well, what do you think for the sake of the game? I think for the sake of the game, that's brilliant. <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll be definitely, that's cost effective and manageable and getting it to everyone's house is fantastic. So great idea. Okay, thank you. And that's what a political version. I love how much Elsie, even in the middle of the game, even with the say us mentality of improv, She's very deliberate. Elsie just that's cannot good. abandon her own convictions of what right and wrong is. <laughs> Very deliberate. Okay. I love it. All right, uh, Tootsie, why don't we give this a try if you're so inclined? Uh, do you want to be a campaign manager or do you want to be uh, the uh, the politician themselves? You can choose. I guess I'm the politician. Great. And Elsie, why don't you give us any dilemma? My dilemma is that the holiday recycling has piled up too high. Okay. And it's a problem. Okay. And I want it taken care of. Great. So I, so cats don't crawl into it. Great. Make misery for me. Beautiful. All right, Tootsie. It's a callback, by the way, in case you can't. Yeah, I, I caught it. I caught it. I'm, 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 I'm SMRT that way. So awesome. very good. Yeah. Uh, all right, here we go, Tootsie. Tootsie, I'm so glad that you've come to me. I'm so excited that you're you're going to run. What are you thinking in terms of the focus of your platform or your campaign? With regard to the recycling or this is in general? Well, just whatever you need it to be. I mean, uh, first of all, remind me what office you're planning to run for. Well, it would be uh, for city council. City council. That's of this city. Yeah. Of New York City. Yes, of New York City. Yeah. Awesome. Great Big city. office. Great, great, great. And uh, what what is the focus of your of your campaign at this point? Like, how do you envision it, it kind of playing out? We're in a time of great uh, distress and need in, in New York City. So it's about uh, 
creating public safety and health and also uh, good paying jobs. Great, great. So the focus is on uh, public health and great paying jobs. Yes. And do you have a, a, any type of a slogan in mind so far that, you know, they say like, right with Ray or, you know, um, uh, riding with Biden or whatever. Yes, yes. Roll, roll with Tootsie. Roll with Tootsie. Roll with Tootsie. <laughs> I, that's very, very interesting. I love yeah. it because, you know, obviously the Tootsie Roll. Yeah. Now, I love that. But what if, j- just go with me here. What if, what if we came up with a slew of campaign and we, uh, slogans and we kind of tested them out? And we could Great. kind of yeah. go through a variety of candies. So yes. we could, for example, we could go with the Butterfingers idea that, you know, people's money is just going through their go, go, going through the government's hands like Butterfingers. And yes. and we actually uh, invest in maybe about um, three or four thousand Butterfingers, go up to the top of, say, the Empire State Building and drop them off into the street. And I think that'll make a big impact, probably. Well, but, but what if we don't want to hurt anybody with the butterfingers because that that could sting from the empire state building so what if we put little parachutes on each butterfinger uh with a vote for tootsie uh logo and that that way when they land it's very nice and soft landing like butter yeah it'll land like butter i got actually what if what if we did that but instead of butterfingers we actually got actual sticks of butter and put parachutes on them because my thinking is butter is healthier comparatively than a butterfinger probably is more nutritious. Yeah. It would serve the dairy, the dairy lobbyists very well. We have a big dairy lobby. That's true. Yeah. Uh, we could do that because, you know, people are cooking a lot right now at home it's, yeah. uh, in the, the pandemic. So you need some butter, uh, even though you want to eat heart healthy, but you need a little butter for especially for baking, which is very popular right, right now. It probably would serve the parachute lobbyists as well. It's kind of a double. Oh, they're well. They're supporting me very strongly already. So you know, it's an incredible thing. That's they've, they've probably given you some lift to your campaign, huh? That's true. Yeah, they that's, did. That's true. <laughs> Who do you think is most likely to be the the people that you're going to have the toughest time with? Well, probably what you know what we would call the Republicans because I'm I'm running as a Democrat in this. Okay. Uh, satirical uh, city council campaign. And uh, people say, oh, New York City is so liberal. No, 28% uh, of people in New York City voted for Donald Trump in this year. And, you know, that's fine. They can have their own views. So I want to try and get some of those people to join Tootsie Warhol. So Tootsie, what if instead of claiming that you're a Democrat, just go with me on this. What if instead you described yourself so as to not alienate those Republicans? You might find one that's going to understand your language. What if instead you describe yourself instead of a, bad, a, a Democrat as not one of the bad Republicans? You mean like a, a rhino? They call that like a rhino? Well, no, but you don't even have to identify that you are a specific type of person. You just say what you're not. Well, I'm not one of those bad Republicans. And so yeah. the the Republicans might assume that you're a good Republican, or they might read the information and discover you're a Democrat. But well, that's an interesting idea. But I think what if what if I say I'm not a radical left, right? Because I think that's what a mm-hmm. lot of Republicans are afraid of. They're afraid of a radical 
left. And I say, no, I'm still a Democrat, Tootsie Warhol, but I'm not a radical left, so you should join me. That I have common ground, even though if you're a Republican. I love it. And you know, you, you know what you could do? You could actually pass out little parachutes to people so that they can, um, when they, they decide that wherever they're going to jump, they'll land safely. When they oh, jump gonna, from the yeah. Republican platform, yes, they will land safely in the and Democratic can, territory. Yeah, and I can I can hand out olive branches too. What if I hand out olive branches <gasps> and olive oil because you know that's a symbol for peace, the olive tree, and uh, that will keep in line with our culinary themed giveaways with like the butter landing. So that would be great. This is great butter, a little olive oil. Do you think we can yeah. get a? Do you think there's any possibility we can get them with some uh, some pasta lobbyists and just kind of make a full circle here? And also, a great meal for like your basically your spaghetti dinners. Yeah, well, I have some Fundraisers. friends that are that are pulling strings in the lasagna lobby, uh, and uh, hopefully early 2021 we could have some nice pasta coming this way for the campaign. It would be a tremendous thing. I love it. It's a good way to go noodling that through, by the way. Yeah, you got to noodle it. Well, and pulling strings like a parachute. There's just all these little puns all over the place. Well, mm-hmm. I think we got it. I think we got it. It's uh, beautiful. Roll with Tootsie. Roll You'll with land it. softly like butter. Like butter. I think that's the, the, the campaign slogan. Let's print up the posters. That's perfect. Yeah, I love it. Roll with Tootsie. I love it. All Roll right. That, that very nice, sir. That is what if the political edition, first time we ever tried it. I think we didn't crash and burn. So that's good. Uh, nicely done. I think we actually came up with didn't a crash parachute. Yes, exactly. Oh, oh, nicely done. All right. We're going to take a quick break. Up next, you're going to hear directly from Tootsie Warhol about what the heck he was thinking leaving law and going into art and activism right after this. They've had Emmy Award-winning, Tony Award-winning, and legendary celebrities and entertainers on their programs over the years. So when it's just them, it's just kind of sad. Not boo-hoo sad, ha-ha sad. This is Funny People Talking. All right, Tootsie, uh, here's where we get to the crux of the matter here. So tell us about that moment when you actually said, you know what I should do? I know I went to law school and I know I... I passed the bar and I did everything that you have to do. And I've, I've actually practiced law. I've not only practiced law, but I practiced law at such a level. And you'll tell us about this in a moment that I actually was sitting or I was able to talk with the leader of the free world. Yeah. Wow. And, 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 you know, so you're not just some small town estate attorney. You're actually operating at a level where that could happen. Pretty high level. And then suddenly you find yourself on the steps of a building in Times Square with orange makeup on your face and a megaphone in front of you doing satirical comedy, basically against the idea of Trump continuing his political path. Yeah, that's a professional orange makeup, by the way. I just want you to know how professional it is. It's actually, it's called a professional clown face paint. It's no, it's not not your average orange. No, this is serious stuff. 
But um, my name is Tootsie Warhol. That's a great question, Mark. And I want to thank you and Elsie for having me on this tremendous show. And I want to wish everybody happy holidays and then a happy new year. 2020 has been a very challenging year. And 2021 is going to be a much better one. I can promise you that. So yeah, really, I was a lawyer for nine years uh, in New York. I used to be an advocate for victims of domestic violence. I was a prosecutor in Brooklyn, and I volunteered because I learned Spanish in school to speak and help the victims of primarily Bushwick and Sunset Park. These are uh, largely Hispanic neighborhoods, and I was speaking Spanish with them, and that was an incredible work experience. And then I was working at a law firm in Midtown New York, and I was doing a lot of pro bono civil rights work, uh, working on voting reform issues, and I was working with a nonprofit that was founded by the great Martin Luther King Jr., and we come, up, we come upon his day in early 2021, and it's always a great day to uh, celebrate and set new goals. And on Martin Luther King Jr. Day, actually 2017, I had a meeting with Donald Trump, and he had been elected president. And we went to Trump Tower. It was the week of his inauguration, so kind of an important time in American history. That was the Monday, and he was going to be sworn in that Friday. So it was all eyes on Trump Tower, and we went into his office representing this civil rights group to talk about voting issues, voter suppression, and voter ID. And these are still key issues. And that day changed my life. I sat in his office for an hour at the, near the top of Trump Tower. And it was very difficult for me to sit there because I'm the son of an immigrant. So I think Donald Trump has attacked immigrants, which are really essential to my life and also to our, our New York story uh, with the Statue of Liberty and all of the, um, the amazing history we wouldn't have if we if we don't if we don't have immigrants in this country, and so it was very hurtful to me to be there. But I was there with him, and I shook his hand, and I was on the front page of the New York Times online shaking his hand, and all my friends said, "Tootsie, this is crazy. How are you? You know Donald Trump? How are you hanging out in Trump Tower?" But really, it wasn't for another two years. I was I was building up, thinking, "What am I going to do? I need to do something. I need to do more." Um, I wanted to get more involved in activism, and I was really just an art lover. Uh, I never worked in the art world, and I was—I never really considered myself an artist. But then in summer of 2019, they had the Whitney Biennial. Have either of you guys been to the Whitney Museum in downtown? Yeah. Sure, sure have, yep. sure yeah. have. Great museum. Did, did either of you see that show, the Biennial? It was last summer, 2019. I did not. I did not. But I, I heard about it. Tell us more about it. Well, it's a great show and it's their marquee show. Uh, it takes over the whole museum and it's really a show that the whole world looks to to see what is contemporary art right now. And it, it almost always shows very political work and it's supposed to be what is happening in America through art. Right. So Donald Trump is president. You'd think he's got to be in there. Right. But he wasn't in the show. Uh, in any meaningful way. So I went to the biennial in 2017 and he was not in the show at all. And I asked, how, how, how is Trump not in this show? He's president. They said, well, we planned it so far in advance. We didn't know he'd be president. I said, okay, I guess that's the way it works. Then last summer, 2019, 
there was only two works about Donald Trump in the show, and one of them barely mentioned him. It wasn't all about him. And that was less than 1% of the work in the show. And I love the Whitney. I'm a member of the Whitney. I'm a super member of the Whitney. Nobody loves the Whitney Museum more than Tootsie Warhol. And I love the curators and the director. They're in tremendous people. And they have a very challenging job to, to balance all of the different facets, to have a great show. So I thought the show was great, yeah. but, it, but it was just missing one key thing, work about Donald Trump, because love him or hate him, he's kind of a big deal, especially as the sitting president. So it was like a switch just went off in me. I had been to the biennial three times, and I was getting very frustrated that they were missing this key part. And that was that frustration was made all the more personal to me because of my experience with Donald Trump meeting him. And so I just said, if they're not going to put Trump in the show, then Tootsie Warhol is going to put Trump in the show. And I just started painting my face and showing up there. And I don't know if they're going to arrest me or throw me out or ban me or what. But I ended up working through any obstacles. And I was in the museum for three days. And on the third day, they kicked me outside and they said, Mr. Warhol, too many people want to take selfies with you. You're kissing babies. They want autographs. And so I had to remain outside the museum. And this was a performance that spanned two months. And I was there almost every day. And it was called Making the Biennial Great Again. And it was a tremendous thing. And I had real engagements <laughs> and conversations with people. And we were able to talk about Donald Trump in ways that the Whitney could not find the space to do. And and that was really incredible. So just to be clear, have you... Do you feel that you've left law behind? Is this a pit stop for you? Or or are you still sort of unrolling your future and you're not sure whether it's one thing, the other, or some hybrid, or what exactly is going to happen? Well, so at that time, this is the summer of 2019, I was moonlighting. In the day, I was a lawyer and going to an office, and then nights and weekends, I was orange painted person. I had to take two showers to get the orange face paint off because that's like I told you, that's yeah. a heavy duty professional. And I can't yeah. show up to work Monday looking half orange. You know, it's like well, the, Trump does it. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> but the the like the CEO of Goldman Sachs, David Solomon, he's also a DJ. They call him DJ Soul. So he's in the, in the daytime. Right. He's running a bank and the nighttime. He's DJ Soul. So that was Tootsie Warhol in 2019. But then at the end of 2019, soon thereafter, I took the leap and became an artist and activist full time. And uh, it is challenging when especially like right now, I do not have a gallery that f represents me full time. I've worked with a gallery in Manhattan, but uh, it is challenging to make a full time you know, career out of selling artworks that you could hang on your wall. But um, but that is what I'm doing. Now, how does the creating of artwork connect with your like? in-person performance, tr Trumpish important. Is it, is it that the two reflect each other? There's physical art and then there's the, the actions that you do as a person. Art. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, like I was at the, the Whitney for two months and I mean, the people, they love Tootsie Warhol there. They would salute me. They'd say, it's the president. And I knew everybody there though. I knew the police officers. I knew the people who worked at the High Line, the, uh, the parks officers. I knew the street vendors. I knew the halal people selling delicious foods. I knew everybody there and they love Tootsie Warhol. But that was that that's an experience that's very ephemeral that that is there for I'm there in person for two months. But then I take some still images of it and then I make limited editions of those and people can buy those and put them on their wall. And those are beautiful things to have in your home if you want to think of Tootsie Warhol and other things. 
And then I also make videos and things like that. And those are, you know, snippets that museums could, can be playing and things like that. So it's sort of just documenting the, the performance. Multimedia kind of. So thank you, Tootsie. Uh, so what's next? Like, what, where do you want to bring this at this point? And once, uh, you know, if everything goes the way people think it is and Trump leaves office, is that the end of this performance piece for you? Or do you see it living on? Or you, or do you change the channel and you, you do another performance piece? How do you continue to do your art as it's been so far? That's a great question, Mark. Well, hold on. I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but let me fill in oh, the, the gap. Please. And just to give you an idea, because I know you guys are very funny people, and we had a lot of humor at the Whitney. There was a mother and her son who ran up to me. I tried to you know, tread lightly and not approach people unless they look like they wanted to engage with me. And she runs up to me and she goes, we're from Greenland. And this was at the precise time when Donald Trump was just randomly trying to make a deal to buy Greenland. He thought it was like a hotel deal in Atlantic oh City. And they couldn't wait to engage with somebody who was embodying and satirizing the president. And they wanted to make a video and send it to their friends at home and at least show them that not everybody in America thought that they should be just buying their country uh, as some kind of real estate deal. And, and so that was a real engagement and it was funny. And if you ask that 10 year old boy three years from now, what he saw at the Whitney Biennial, I can pretty much guarantee you, he's not going to remember one piece of art in that whole show because there's a lot of great art, but it's a blur. Uh, but I think he'll remember when he met this orange Donald Trump and they really had a conversation about his home country. But but so to get you to what I'm doing next this year, this 2020, this year of a great pandemic and a great election, I filed with the FEC and I was registered running for president. And the campaign slogan was make America smart again. And that's what the people started saying on the streets. So I brought performance art to New York City online, TikTok, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, everything, but also in person to Black Lives Matter protests and Central Park at a time when theaters are completely closed. Broadway, the lights have gone dark, and it's a very sad time in, in New York City history, but particularly in terms of culture and performance. And, uh, and then the culmination of this months-long performance artwork was over six weeks, I was in Times Square almost every day campaigning against Donald Trump. By that point, I was no longer actively seeking to garner any type of votes for myself. It was really all intended to be an anti-Trump satirical campaign. And it was amazing. I had real engagements with people, both red and blue and white and black from all over the country and all over the world about politics. And it was a great experience. So going forward, you, I'm still Tootsie Warhol, right? I had, I had an alter ego, orange Tootsie Warhol. That, that character, it will probably get phased out. Although uh -huh. I strongly believe that Donald Trump will run for president in 2024. And I will probably have to pick up my character. And people love the Tootsie Warhol, Donald Trump character. I have to tell you that. But I'm doing, all of my art is activist art. So it's all intended to provoke a conversation uh, about art and pop culture and what's happening. So presently, I've released a, just about a week ago, I put up an online uh, full art exhibition 
with 20 uh, photos, prints, and two videos. And it's all about Marie Kondo. Do you guys know Marie Kondo, the great Marie Kondo? Tell us, tell, but, tell our listeners. Well, every, the listeners know, but you guys don't know her. She's uh, she's the declutter your home. She she wrote the book on throwing away all the things you don't need. Okay, that actually rings, rings a bell. A bell. You, you have book. to read the book. Yeah. So it's a great book. I love Marie Kondo. Nobody loves Marie Kondo more than Tootsie Warhol. I think she's a tremendous person. She is named Time Magazine 100 Most Influential People in the World. That's a big deal. Best-selling book author. And I, I, I read her book, and it was saying, stop buying all this stuff. Stop cluttering your home. Keep only the things that spark joy and declutter your space. And I bought into it, and I decluttered, and it was really great, and I recommended the book to people, and it was tremendous. And you know, a lot of a, a lot of Americans, you know, should take a look at what they have in their homes and things like that, and and think about why they have these things and if they need them. And then, are they going to end up in a landfill? Are they going to end up in the ocean? These are things we need to think about. Yeah. But but it came to my attention this year that Marie Kondo has a very vast online web store uh, with could be up to 1,000 items that she sells. And I wow. I was disappointed when I saw it. I went to it with great uh, enthusiasm, hoping to buy the, the ultimate you know kitchen cutting board, the ultimate uh, bath towel, because I could throw away all the other ones I had, because Marie Kondo has the best one for me, and, and I won't need all the other crap, uh, and I can get just the, the ultimate one from Marie Kondo. But she's selling on her site a lot of things like paperweights and wooden eggs and candles, I like tchotchkes, literally paperweights. I mean, you really, that's not going to be an essential item in your home, a paperweight. Jerry Seinfeld, he he did a a stand-up bit and he said, the paperweight is the worst office gift. He said, where are you working where papers are flying off your desk? He said, what is your office desk on the back of a flatbed truck going down the highway? So to me, when I saw some of the, a lot of the stuff that she's selling in her store, I was very uh, disappointed. So I made a art show uh, with two videos and 20 photos that is provoking a conversation about it. And I think she's a victim. I think she got taken advantage of by like what we call the influencer machine or the Hollywood machine. And they said, look, we're going to slap your name on millions of items, thousands of items, and everybody's going to make a lot of money. And I don't know. I don't really believe that's what she wanted to do. So people are going to look at it. Tootsie, uh, changing the topic slightly, uh, how has, you know, one of the things we've talked about with uh, people like Judy Gold on this uh, this, uh, program are the limits that either legally or societally we can take humor before something breaks what people will tolerate what the law even will tolerate so my question is is how has your knowledge of the law helped you navigate how far you could take things where you could perform what limits you could stretch before you knew they would break and you'd get in real trouble or your ability to do your performance art would would would, uh be handicapped, let's say. Well, well, I think as a former prosecutor, I, I, I had a pretty good sense of when I went to the Whitney Museum, whether or not they could arrest me. Um, if they said I had to go, then I have to go because otherwise, if I'm not allowed, if they don't want me in the museum, then it's trespass. Right. But then I understood that I could be on the sidewalk and that's city property. So it's little things like that. And, you know, the, the reason my last name is Warhol is because, like I said, I'm I'm spiritually connected to Andy Warhol 
who really is known as the godfather of appropriation, right? He did not design the Campbell's soup can. He did not take the picture of Marilyn Monroe. He did not design the Coca-Cola label, but he appropriated those things. And then he made great art about it. And uh, what I do is appropriate a lot of things from pop culture, whether it is images of Marie Kondo or the voice of Donald Trump, which I absorbed when I met with him and the appearance of Donald Trump, which I didn't invent, but I appropriated it. Um, so a lot of what I am doing is appropriation, and that's why my name is Warhol. But I understand, I think, pretty well what the law allows in terms of being, you know, appropriation in the context of art. Is your real first name Tootsie? Well, Tootsie Warhol is my real name. Okay. That's what people call me, and that's the only name you need to know. I was born with a different name. And uh, that's all and, I wanted to know. I don't even know what it all is. All you need I, to know now is Tootsie Warhol. And a lot of people say it so, has a great ring to it. So how did you come up? We, you, you mentioned how Warhol kind of spoke yes. to you, the name Warhol. How about the name Tootsie? Where did that enter into the conversation? Well, it was you? really two things. It, there is this incredible barbecue pit master named Tootsie Tominets, and they call her the first lady of barbecue. And she's in Texas. She's almost 90 years old. And she they, she's like almost like a Jiro Dreams of Sushi type uh, artisan of right. Uh, and she works yeah. full time still as a high school janitor. But she also operates her barbecue on Saturdays only. And people line up for miles for it. Wow. And that's a kind of work ethic to her passion is the barbecue. She still makes the, her full time living as the janitor. But that story was inspiring to me. And I met her last year. Uh, and had her incredible barbecue. And the reason why the Tootsie name is immediately popped in my head, though, is obviously for because of the Tootsie Roll, which is an American icon, a pop icon uh, for over 100 years. So if the Tootsie Roll didn't exist, Tootsie Tominets' name would not register in my brain so strongly. But because of her story, her dedication to pursuing her passion, over 90 years old, she could be sitting, relaxing in a chair, but she's doing hard work in it as a school custodian and pit master. And then we have the great Tootsie Roll, which is a delicious candy. And that's how you got Tootsie Warhol. You know, funny enough, if you think about it, every candy and really almost every recipe, one could argue is a bit of appropriation as well. Sure. You know, they're all variations on a theme. They all take the, a base of a main thing. So you, you, okay, someone once decided, let's cook a chicken. And then every recipe after that is all based on cooking a mm -hmm. chicken and some version of that. You know, Tootsie Roll is just a version of taking sugar and heating it. And then what do you do with that that then makes it a little different than when someone else did that? So your, your, your name is really completely centered around not just passion, but the concept of appropriation of other brilliant ideas. Absolutely. So how has humor itself been a magnet for you for people's attention, do you think? I mean, obviously, it's part of what catches attention, the shock value, the humor, uh, the unexpected, what have you, but, and obviously the message that you have when it connects with people. But how have you thought about the moments when you're being funny and the moments when you balancing that with truths you need people to hear that give your art purpose? And you say, I need to make sure that this one note catches people's attention and it's in a giant humor sandwich. Yeah, well, that actually sums up what 
my artistic process is really uh, a lot about. So the humor is really foundational to my artistic practice because you had uh, Melissa Villasenor, who she does tremendous impressions on this show, and she's a great comedian. Look her up, Melissa Villasenor. Yes, I never did any impressions until I met Donald Trump. And then afterwards, people came to me. They said, I saw you on the news. I saw you coming out, shaking hands with Trump. This is crazy. Tootsie, what happened? And I just started reenacting the meeting. I had never tried to do any Trump impersonation. So I'll tell you, I'll never forget it. The first thing when you when you come in his office, and this you can all look up. If you Google Tootsie Warhol, you could come up right away with articles in Politico and Independent and The Hill. Uh, I actually tape recorded the meeting with Donald Trump. That's not illegal. And that's another thing about knowing the law. It's a bold move, but it's not illegal. So I leaked the tape recording to the press in August of this year because he said things about African-Americans that were very upsetting to me. And I don't know that you and Mark, uh, Mark and Elsie can see I'm a white person and it was upsetting to me. So I can't imagine how an African-American person would hear, feel hearing the things that he said. But so after the meeting, I said, well, here's how the Trump meeting started. He come, You come in and he goes, you see that shoe? That's Shaquille O'Neal's shoe, right? That's a big shoe. That's a size 22. It's a huge shoe. And that's Mike Tyson's boxing glove. Can you believe that? Mike Tyson, Iron Mike, they call him. And then that's Sugar Ray. That's Sugar Ray's, uh, that's his boxing belt, right? I have, And he goes, I have so many black friends. And he not so subtly name dropped about every black person who he had memorabilia for in his office. Because remember, I met with him with a number of, of black civil rights leaders. So the comedy right away, people said, that's funny, Tootsie, you should do that more. And I said, ah, who knows? But the comedy right from day one was was part of me doing this Trump impression. I really do think he gave me the voice when I shook his hand, because like I said, I never did a Trump impression or any impression mm-hmm. before I met him. But then when I go to the Whitney, when I go to Times Square, I'm not just saying silly things. I'm not just saying, you know, Donald Trump and saying, you know, it's going to be huge and things like that. And you know, and yeah, that's fun. And that's and fun. Stuff. You can do that, especially there are a lot of uh, Republicans who like to do a care, uh, you know, a, a satire of him. And it's funny and they can do that. That's great. But I was trying to make a real searing critique of the policies that were so wrong, in my opinion, like immigration, like uh, violence against women, like the environment. So I have to blend in those things and really try and make sure that people get that for me, it's not all just uh, fun and games that I'm really trying to convey a serious message using the, the humor in my art. Fascinating. Uh, did that recording when you leaked it to the media, Tootsie, get any traction? Oh, yeah. It was, it, I mean, it was Politico quoted it, the New York Times quoted it, Independent, The Hill, HuffPost, almost every pa- uh, paper picked it up. I, it did the actual recording of it did not get played other than on Twitter because I was I was going going to be going on Good Morning America and then I think they didn't want to have an orange person come on their show so somehow you know I don't have that much experience <laughs> dealing with the press but I was yeah. literally having you know conversations with people at ABC and things like that and then they were like he's yeah. orange and things and they maybe they don't like orange people you know are you still hoping that there's a venue for this to be played somewhere at this point or is it old news now would you say sure um i mean i did i released a a short video that was reported in artnet which is one of the major art publications that has me introducing clips but that's what the recording was all about i didn't alter it in any way and 
they do a lot of vetting. I mean, to for them to release a recording uh, or quotes of the president of the United States, they do a lot of vetting. They checked with all the meeting attendees and listened to it and confirmed everything with photos, mm-hmm. videos. And I didn't alter anything. Donald Trump said this stuff, you know, and so he's a big boy, love him or hate him. Um, these are the things he said, and he can own up to them. You know, it wasn't uh, it wasn't taken out of context or anything. Is there somewhere live someone can hear this this recording where it's posted somewhere? Yeah, I mean, if you go to tootsiewarhol.com and you click videos, uh, you'll get some videos there with uh, with the recordings, and I think you'll find it very interesting. Great. So tootsiewarhol.com, is there any other place people can catch you or follow the things you're doing now or whatever Mostly, is next? Well, you guys also, you you have to follow Mark and, and Elsie on Instagram and Twitter and, and all of their platforms, but it's Tootsie Warhol NY. And make sure you follow funny people talking on you know Twitter and Instagram and everything too. And don't forget about Elsie the, the producer. producer. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Hey, Elsie's trying to get to 72 followers. We got to get yeah, her there. I could just get to 72. So uh, that's, that's her big dream. So uh, anyway, uh, more love for Elsie, let me tell you. Anyway, that's very generous of you. You know, you're the first guest we've ever had on the show, maybe on any show we've done at Mouth Media Network, even though we've had some amazing people, that while they're sharing how they can follow, be followed, or connected with, takes the time to mention how we gotta, can be followed with. That that's that's a generous spirit. It's, there, hey, it's my the friend. holiday thank spirit, you. and I love being on your show. So thank you. That's right. All right. Well, I wish we could just keep going for another four or five hours. Tootsie Warhol, uh, thank you very much for joining us. You're such an interesting dude. And I feel like I just can't wait to tune into you like a year from now just to see, see what's going what, next. what yeah. you figured out that next thing thank should you. be from you, whatever that means. And, of course, if Donald Trump does run in 2024, ay ay ay. Whether or not he wins, just having to deal yeah. with him again is just an interesting concept for a lot of people. It would be interesting to see you and and people like our friend John He's D. Domenico, best. who I believe yeah, that you're, uh, you, you've met. Yes. You're friends with him. Isn't that crazy, Elsie? Well, yes, He's a very good friend it, it, of ours This is as the well. great thing about humor and comedy and doing impressions brought me to John because when I was doing my performance at the Whitney, some people came up to me and said, do you know John Domenico?" And I said, no, I don't know him. And they go, he's the best Trump impersonator in the world. And I said, oh, my God. And then I looked he him is. up and he is. He's the best in the world. John Domenico. Make sure you follow him. The Johnny D show, they call it. The Johnny D show. Yeah, he's, he's, he's great. And by the way, John actually um, recorded a video message yes. from – from President it. Trump that we played in front of our live audience on our very first episode of this show, introducing yeah. the show to the live audience. I mean, talk about being connected to our universe in yeah. a very meaningful way. And then we did a, a whole Jay bunch Leno, of, uh, he does a, a lot powers. of other great impressions. He's a, he's a talent. Awesome and also, powers, Dr. I, Eva. Look, I'm a TikTok star. Let's face it. I did, I did a video uh, talking about coronavirus in Trump Tower. I wasn't dressed as Trump, but I was talking about coronavirus in Trump Tower the first week yeah. of March. I was realizing it was becoming a big problem. And that video has about 100,000 views on TikTok. But John D. Domenico, the Johnny D. Show on TikTok, he has millions of followers now. He's blown up this year. And he's a great success. He's a real talent. Incredible. So check him out. Well, especially check him being on so Howard Stern and everything. And so, Tizzy, let me ask you something. Just not, I know we were kind of you concluding get enough, our yeah. discussion, but I am sort of curious. So you, you've gotten the attention 
Um, you've been around, you had that TikTok video with a hundred thousand views, but I noticed with all due respect on your Instagram, you have not as many followers as I would have expected you to have given sure. the things you've been doing. So I don't have that many followers, so I, I'm not throwing stones here, but I was surprised yeah. to not see more. Do, can you? Do you have any feeling about why that is? Have you focused more on other platforms? Do you think it's not connecting with people in that way? Have, do you not know how to engineer that? What? Why do you I think only that joined is? Instagram uh, August of 2019. I had never even downloaded the app before, so I don't know that much about Instagram. I think uh, I'm I'm putting great content on Instagram, and the people enjoy it. And for me, it's not just about the numbers. I've engaged with more people in real life on the streets of New York City than I have Instagram yeah. followers. I've engaged with thousands right. of people. So, and the people who do follow yeah. me on Instagram, I have tremendous engagement. The the, the comments and the, and the and the messages I get and the memes they send me privately are incredible. Uh, and I right. joined. Uh, so that's a year and a half ago. So if you take my followers. That's I think I've got it. That's about three a day, every single day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. I think slowly but surely I'm building it up. So uh, 2021 going to have a lot of followers for sure. Yeah. Hey, yeah, I'm not throwing fine. stones. I mean, like we said, Elsie's trying to get to 72. So, you know, um, good for you. All right. Well, anyway, Tootsie Warhol, he is uh, definitely a quite a character literally and a very nice gentleman very generous spirit thank you very much for joining us on the show it was you were definitely a funny person talking thank you happy new year you Thanks. too that's it for this great episode of funny people talking everybody i hope you thought it was great i thought it was great and uh we really appreciate tussie joining us uh, love to dresden we hope you'll uh, be back with us very soon and thank you all for listening. It means the world to us. We'll see you in the new year. Until then, for Elsie. Thanks a lot. Happy New Year. I'm Mark Rako. Have a great day, everybody. And don't forget to stay funny. That's it? That's the end of the show? Boy, oh boy, what a crock. This was Funny People Talking. No portion of the content may be reproduced or published without the strict written permission of the producers. Connect with our show at Funny People Talking or at our website, funnypeopletalking.com. I'm your announcer, Peter Coleman. Thanks for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, the business of being heard.